and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be talking about Kate Tiernan's Wicker series again and this is book two, The Coven. This book follows on directly from Book of Shadows which is the first book which I've already reviewed. That one ended with Morgan deciding to join Cal's coven despite the fact that her best friend Brie had massive issues with that because she had set her sights firmly on Cal. And it also ended with Morgan sort of getting a little bit closer to Cal, which is lovely. Um, so this book opens with a new character who is actually a character from the past and they are known as, and I'm going to mangle the pronunciation of this terribly because I think it's traditional Irish or something, but the name is Brad Hedare and we are told at the start of chapter one, this book is given to my incandescent one, my fire fairy, Brad Hedare, on her 14th birthday. Welcome to Bell Wicket, with love from Mathair. Bell Wicket is revealed to be the name of a coven, because in the chapters that follow, there are more extracts from what is revealed to be Brad Hedare's personal book of shadows, which she's treating as kind of a journal. And these date back to the 1970s. It's pretty clear from these dates that what we're reading is the Book of Shadows of Morgan's mother. Now it is revealed in this book, surprise surprise, that Morgan is actually adopted and this comes to light in quite a dramatic way because her family who are Catholic have quite a big problem with her sudden interest in Wicca and the fact that she has books on Wicca and her mum gets near hysterical about this. And when Morgan confronts her mum and says that she's being hypocritical because if Morgan is a blood witch, as Cal says, then her mum must also be a blood witch or her dad must also be a blood witch. And that if they are, then they shouldn't be having a go at her. And her mum says that she's being crazy and that obviously they're not blood witches. And Morgan's response is, oh, so what am I, adopted? And then there are crickets because hell yes, she's adopted. So that's quite a, a big dramatic moment in the book and that has quite a lot of fallout which I was living for. It was amazing. It really kind of spiced up the narrative because obviously that puts a lot of drama and blood into the water. There's also a lot of animosity towards Morgan from her ex-best friend Brie and gothic hard case Raven because they also had the hots for Cal and he is now dating Morgan. This book also kind of marks the point uh, at which Cal and also his mum, who we're introduced to, seem to get even sketchier than they appeared in book one. And I don't know, I think there might be something up with them. So I'm, I'm interested in finding out what that might be. I think I enjoyed this book a lot more because from the start, it was more rooted in like fantasy witchcraft. It was talking a lot about the clans and blood witches and all that stuff. Whereas the first one, obviously, because it was introduced to me as being, oh, okay, we're going to do Wicca and we're going to do a Wiccan circle for the equinox and then start talking randomly about, you know, blood witches and the ancient clan lines of witchcraft. That didn't really mesh very well for me. So I was happier to start out in fantasy and continue in that vein. It also made me wonder about blood witches because... It's sort of the same question that I have about hereditary witchcraft or people who say they're like lineage to particular covens, which when did that start? There had to have been one person who just started it and then obviously initiated other people. And in this with the blood witches, how did they even come about? Where did the first blood witches come from? It's, it hasn't been revealed yet, but I'm hoping they'll get there. The only thing that frustrated me a little bit was Morgan's kind of passive attitude. 
even when she's getting all this shit off of Brie and her parents are sort of being quite controlling and angry at her she doesn't really confront people she just kind of runs away she has a car so a lot of arguments end with her running outside getting in her car and driving to Cal's house and some of the things that Brie pulls in this book are really quite mean and horrible um it's just it's just not very nice and I feel like as a teenage girl specifically Morgan's response to those would have been more to fly off the handle and retaliate rather than just not do anything because we find out about Morgan's family and her mother specifically and, and get to read bits of her mother's book of shadows that adds like another layer of interest to the story learning about Bell Wicket Coven and basically what happened to Morgan's mum that led to Morgan being adopted was very interesting because it was like two plot lines running at the same time and I tore through the book because I really wanted to find out what had happened. Like the previous book this one ends with kind of a, a cliffhangery situation. The first book ended obviously with her choosing to join the coven and obviously I wanted to find out what happened next so I read the second one. This one ends with Morgan finding a room in Cal's house, which is his mum's secret Wiccan study where she keeps all of her books and various things. And she apparently collects books of shadows. And one of those is the one that we've been reading as we go through the book. It's the one that belonged to her mother. And she sort of wonders why she has it and why it's been kept from her if Cal's mother obviously knew who she was and who her mother was. And at that point, Cal and his mum just come in and find her in this secret room holding this book. And it's like, uh oh, what's going to happen next? So that was quite exciting. One of the things that made me think of Cal as being slightly more sketchy is that his response to people wanting to leave the coven, basically. Uh, a girl called Beth, who's in the coven, she witnessed what went down at one of the rituals and basically what's been happening in the rituals is that Morgan has been channeling a lot of energy because she's a blood witch and inherently more powerful than everyone else I guess and that's been making her kind of like a live wire which means that when she touches things uh, and interacts with them magic stuff happens and she touched some flowers which were part of the ritual display and all the buds opened and the flowers bloomed straight away so Beth sort of comes out with this uh, uh, group meeting of them and says it's just the whole thing doesn't feel right to me Beth said I thought it would be cool you know but it's all too weird doing circles Morgan making flowers bloom she said gesturing to me it's too strange she raised her shoulders beneath her brown leather jacket and let them fall I don't want anything more to do with it I don't like it it feels wrong her nose ring twinkled under the fluorescent lights that's too bad said Cal Wicker isn't intended to make anyone uncomfortable. It's meant to make you celebrate the beauty and power of the earth. Beth gave him a blank look as if to say, come on. So you want to quit the coven? Are you sure about this? Cal asked. Maybe you need more time to get used to it. Beth shook her head. No, I don't want to do it anymore. Well, if Wicker isn't for you, then that's your choice. Thanks for being honest, said Cal. Aha, uh -huh, said Beth, shifting her weight from one Doc Martin to the other. Beth, one thing, Cal said. Please respect our privacy. There was a serious note in his voice that made Beth look up. You've come to our circles. You've felt magic's power, Cal went on. Keep those experiences to yourself, okay? They're no one's business but ours. Yeah, okay, Beth said, looking at Cal. Well, Cal said, 
It's your decision to go, but just remember that the circle won't be open to you again if you change your mind. Sorry, but that's how it works. So I kind of agree that with what Cal says at the beginning, which is that Wicca isn't meant to make anyone feel uncomfortable, and that if something does make you uncomfortable, you probably shouldn't be doing it because that's your intuition telling you, actually, this doesn't feel right. I don't feel like I belong in the situation that I'm in and I should get out of it. But it's when he says, like, oh, by the way, if you leave, don't tell our secrets. And if you leave, you can never come back. Which is weird because it's sort of like, well, all right, if they have a rule that you can't rejoin the coven after you've left, that doesn't mean that she can't practice wicker. That doesn't mean she can't get back into it. And this kind of illustrates, one, how I feel that Cal is quite a sketchy character, and two, that I feel like them using the word wicker in this book was a mistake because what he's talking about isn't actually wicker. He's talking about this witchcraft thing that they're doing instead and not about the actual wicker, the religion. And I think blurring those lines has done the book literally no favours. Some new characters are also introduced in this book. They are Hunter and Skye. Um, they are just sort of introduced at the end. And obviously I feel like they're going to be in book three quite a lot more. They are introduced. In, there is instantly some tension between Morgan and Skye because Skye is kind of um, seen by her as being a, a sort of rival for Cal's attention. And Cal seems to have a really big problem with Hunter and Hunter likewise seems to have kind of a problem with Morgan. Again, this book is quite short. Um, I've recently ordered the a further nine books in this series. I think I'm still missing the last three, but they're all very much of a length, and that length is just under 200 pages. I read the first three books in approximately two days, so they are quite quick and easy reads. Uh, if you're looking for something that you can maybe take on holiday with you and just kind of burn through in a week um, then you could probably do the whole series in that time if you're a particularly fast reader uh, obviously though if you're um, a young adult and you wanted to pick up a series this is also quite accessible I wouldn't say it was particularly challenging although some of the bits that I have trouble with are the sections that are from the book of shadows or from a different character's perspective because some of the chapters start with like snippets of another character's thoughts and it doesn't really tell you who that is those are written in a different font that is meant to be sort of like handwriting and it can make some of the words slightly difficult to discern uh, which can be a little bit frustrating so i'm going to read you uh, an extract from the beginning of chapter three this is the first proper diary entry from the book of shadows that belongs to morgan's mother and this takes place just after this is at the beginning of the chapter just after Morgan finds out that she's adopted and that her real mother's name is Maeve Riordan and Maeve Riordan is later revealed to be the Bradair character and Bradair is apparently like a craft name or the name that she goes by in the Bell Wicket Coven. Just to give you an idea of how quickly that revelation comes about uh, she finds out she's adopted on page 14 so it, it, I'm really not giving you a spoiler for the book because she does find out like just as the pages go into double digits. May 14th, 1977. Going to school is more a bother these days than anything else. It's spring, everything's blooming. I'm out gathering lube plants for my spells, and then I have to get to school and learn English. What for? I live in Ireland. Anyway, I'm 15 now, old enough to quit. Tonight's a full moon, so I'll do a scrying spell to see the future. 
I hope it will tell me whether I should stay in school or no. Scrying is hard to control, though. There's something else I want to scry for. Angus. Is he my Muran Bethandan? On belting, he pulled me behind the straw man and kissed me and said he loves me. I don't know how I feel about him. I thought I liked David O'Hearn, but he's not one of us, not a blood witch, and Angus is. For each of us, there's only one other they should be with. They're Muran Bethandan. For Ma, it was Dar, who is mine. Angus says it's him. If it's him, I have no choice, do I? To scry. I don't use water over much. Water is the easiest, but also the least reliable. You know, a shallow bowl of clear water, gaze at it under the open sky or near a window, and you'll see things easily enough. But it's wrong so often. I think it's just asking for trouble. The best way to scry is with an enchanted lube, like bloodstone or hematite or a crystal. But these are hard to lay your hands on. They give the most truth, but brace yourself for things you might not want to see or know. Stone scrying is good for seeing things as they're happening someplace else, like checking on a loved one or an enemy in battle. I scry with fire, usually. Fire is unpredictable, but I'm made of fire. We are one, and so she speaks to me. With fire scrying, if I see something, it can be past, present or future. Of course, the future stuff is only one possible future, but what I see in fire is true, as true as can be. I love the fire. Brad Hadir. So I'm sorry for picking a section that contained lots of stuff that I couldn't read. But uh, as you could probably tell, the way that that font works just makes it extra hard to read words that you're not familiar with. The idea of that sort of soulmate thing, which has the Irish name that I can't actually remember without looking back at the book. Muen Betha Dan. Um, that is a sort of recurring thing. Cal basically tells her that that's what they are to each other, that they're soulmates. And I have my doubts about that because without wishing to mince words, Cal is sketchy as fuck and I just don't trust him. So that's one thing. We also find out in the first Wicca book, I think, um, that blood witches can only have children with each other. Basically, a male blood witch can have blood witch children with uh, a human woman but they have to want to have that child it's definitely a conscious decision it's not just left up to the whims of biology and a woman who is a witch cannot have children with anyone except a man who is also a witch so it's later sort of um, explained in her mum's book of shadows that if she wants to have children she basically does have to marry angus uh, and she can't just go out and find a human guy to be with. Although she does actually kind of love Angus, so I guess that's fine. A lot of stuff is set up in this book, which I expect to have payoff in the third one. So it's, again, a kind of rush to get into the next one. And uh, I very much look forward to finishing the rest of the series, even though the books are just... Uh, they make me feel a teeny bit guilty, because obviously uh, I'm not a teenager, and reading teenage fiction is a bit like just eating chicken nuggets instead of bothering to make real food but um they are quite enjoyable either way as a, as a kind of treat i hope you've enjoyed this episode remember you can get in touch on twitter at witchfix and by email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com you can also donate via patreon to support the podcast or you can go and buy a copy of my book wayward for 99p on amazon in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye